Welcome to the Modern CPA Success Show, where we're 100% focused on helping accounting firms achieve success. If you're an accounting firm owner who wants to learn how to provide virtual CFO services, then this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. Today, you have Jamie, Jody, and Adam with Summit CPA, and we're going to talk about some of our favorite books that have made us better CFOs. So um, this should be a, a good topic. Um, this is one of my favorite things about working with Summit is, you know, we have our own knowledge. We all have our own experience. But one of the things we really emphasize is um, using other people's experience. And that's that comes from reading books. You know, every book we read, every business book we read helps us be a better CFO. So we're going to dive into three of our favorites. And this will probably be a, a podcast we'll do again in the future because there's so many good books out there but today we just we're going to start with three so the first one we're going to start with is kind of the the baseline of what started summit and that's emyth so joe do you want to dive into that a little bit about how you use emyth um when when setting up summit and how it helps you make a better cfo yeah for sure for sure uh, with emyth uh, emyth revisited by michael gerber uh he did a uh, michael gerber did a great job uh kind of breaking down what you need to do to be able to scale your business and develop processes in order to be repeatable. Repeatable processes is a real big thing that I got from that book. And what I mean by that is that when you walk into a, a Burger King restaurant or a McDonald's or something like that, you're going to see the same exact floor plan or a real similar floor plan. The, the counter is going to be in the same place. The, the burger is in the same place. They introduce, they introduce everything the same way. And with that, it becomes a repeatable process. And why can't you bring that to the accounting world? A lot of times we we don't. We Our process is not even really even there. We greet people differently. We act differently. We do things real different from person to person. And, and the biggest thing I got out of there really was the, the process itself. You know, hey, how can we make this so that I, Jody Grondon, am not going to be the accountant that's working a bazillion hours every year because I'm doing tax returns, you know, till you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, you know, when I've been you know, working for, you know, 30 years. I want to be the person to actually be able to develop a process where somebody else can fit into my shows where I can actually manage that that business. And that's really how we actually, you know, developed the summit. We, we started empowering people uh, through process management. Actually, the other thing... Um, did offer is it kind of identified the types of person or types of people that actually fit the mold uh, for growth. You know, those that are entrepreneurs, I think he breaks it out between three different individuals, the entrepreneur, the manager, and the technician. Entrepreneur being someone that's always looking in the future, uh, which I feel like I do that a ton. The manager kind of lives in the past and manages as well, and the technician becomes kind of the doer. And so it's a lot of times with that one, you know, I, I see a lot of people that think they're the entrepreneur and they pop into that entrepreneur role and then they settle back into maybe the manager role or a technician role and being a doer because that's what they really enjoy. And so it's important, I think, to have the right people on the, in the right places within the organization, you know, those that are future thinking, those that are in the present, and then those are, that are in the past, you know, those are the three different uh, individuals that he identified. And, and I, I, we really looked uh, to hire the right people in the right positions within our company. We've been doing that from day one. So I, I guess the two big things I would say there is uh, processes and, uh, and then people, you know, are the two different areas that I got from, uh, from that book. Yeah. I was just going to add, you know, so from the advisory side of things, that three-headed monster that Jody's talking about, I think is important because, as he mentioned, when we're working with business owners, it's important to remind them. I think he articulates it well 
in his examples. So it's important to remind the the owner of the company, like, hey, which one are you or which one are you leaning into now? Because it's really it creates a balance. You know, you need a little bit of all these things. And maybe you just naturally can't fit into all three of those or balance them themselves. But you can use the team around you to help level set between those things. So um, I think that advisory tip is huge. And then from a scaling perspective, as Jody mentioned, it's not just, you know, in CPA firms, I think a lot of us have that e-myth already built into our tax return process. But I think where we tried to innovate and do more around was not only just the real tactical stuff like preparing a tax return and then maybe taking that to a bookkeeping level, but also in the advisory world. I mean, I think that's where it's, it gets a little, it spins a little bit different than what you would normally see. Cause I think most people would say, yeah, I do that with my tax return process or my payroll process or my bookkeeping. Doing that in the advisory realm is what's given us the ability to scale to 50 plus people that a lot of other firms struggle with. Um, so having those baseline processes for our CFOs. Yeah. And I, so obviously it's my role as the director of accounting. It's I'm, I'm reading e-myth all the time. And to be honest, I have the, um, the hotel story, which is, you know, I think a whole chapter pretty much of, um, e-myth. I have that printed out. I probably read it once a week because it's that important to me. And, um, if you haven't read the, the hotel story from, from e-myth, you should definitely Google it. And there's a couple of, um, print shots from, uh, co- college manuals and stuff where it just explains that story. But basically it's, you know, he stays at a hotel. He gets the same experience every time. It's always amazing. It's always personalized. And then he eventually goes back and asks the manager, like, how in the world did you do that? And he pulls out this giant binder and he's like, this is how we do it. And so it's it's my job within Summit to create that binder. And we had a retreat last year and I kind of took that story and related it to things we do at Summit. I'm like, okay, so the binder is this, the um, the mint they got in their bed is this. And I kind of related it to what we do as a, as, as a firm because it is that important to, um, to us to make sure that we have those processes in place. Everybody knows what their role is and they know how to make our clients feel special with being in a process as well. Yeah, I think the big key there is though, the takeaway is it can be done at the advisory level. For sure. Not just the, the doer level, so. Yeah, definitely. So the next book that I'm going to talk about um, is, is one of my favorite books, and it goes back to process as well. And it's it's getting things done by by David Allen. And I know this is definitely more at the personal level, but I think that um, when you have people coming into an environment like Summit or coming into an accounting environment where they're pulled in a lot of different directions, you know, if you're an accountant and you have ten clients, oftentimes you're going to get overwhelmed. If you're a CFO and you have twenty clients, it's even hard harder to keep organized. And so. I feel like getting things done is the perfect organization system for an accountant and for a CFO. And so it's something that we try to implement with all of our accountants is walk through them, how that process works. How do I stay organized? How do I make sure that I clear my inbox every day? How do I make sure that I'm communicating with clients quickly and timely? Because nothing's worse than waiting a week to communicate back to a client because they're just not going to appreciate that. They want to hear that communication all the time. And so we talk about getting things done. We've printed out manuals on how to apply getting things done specifically to Summit because it really is that important at the individual level. So with getting things done, can you tell me a little bit more about that one? Because right now you guys are having like a weekly book, or actually not a weekly, but a monthly book meeting on getting things done. So how do you how do you incorporate that on a monthly basis with the team, and how's that been going? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So what we did is we started off by reading the book. Um, so we had everybody read the book, and we broke it down into to sections. And you know, if you the the getting things done process is um, you know there's there's multiple steps to it. So we took each one of those steps and we 
talked about that at first. Okay, so we talked about how are we going to do that step. And the, the big thing with getting things done that I found was everybody wanted to use a different tool, which I'm fine with. As long as you're implementing the getting things done process, you know, you could use, I personally use OneNote for it. I use OneNote to keep myself organized. That's where I keep all my notes. That's where I flow everything through. I flow my email through OneNote. Some people wanted to use Trello. Some people wanted to use Todoist. So we spent a lot of time setting up people's processes for getting things done. But once we got everybody set up, the book meeting kind of became more of an accountability meeting. So what we do is we basically hop into the meeting and we just, we t- it's kind of like uh, working out. Like if you're telling people you're working out, they're going to ask, okay, how are you doing? How much weight have you lost? Or what are you benching now? And so it's kind of like, that's how we handle the getting things done meetings now is we um, basically every time we hop in there, we ask how, what is your inbox at right now? How many emails do you have in your inbox? And everybody goes through and says, oh, I'm down to three. Um, I'm having a rough week. I'm up to 40. And we kind of talk about that first. The second thing we talk about is the weekly review. So part of getting things done is sitting down before the week starts and looking through your calendar, looking through your to-do list and reorganizing it and saying, okay, and I thought I was going to work on these KPIs this week, but you know this other thing came up that's more important. I'm going to move that back to next week. And so that's the weekly review. And so we ask everybody, okay, on a scale from one to three, how are your weekly reviews going? Some people say, oh, that's awesome. I had a great weekly review this week. And some people say, ah, it was a rough week for me. I kind of ran out of time. It was a busy weekend. I didn't have time to do it. And then the last thing we hold them accountable on is the daily reviews, which is just going through, clearing up your inbox, clearing up your calendar every day, just spending five minutes on that. So we try to hold each other accountable to the three main parts of getting things done. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. How about you, Adam? What's your big book? The one that I find uh, that I come back to year after year is uh, The Four Disciplines of Execution by uh, Chris McChesney and Sean Covey. So um, I think their website, I think they, because they like E-Myth do some coaching too through um, Franklin Covey, I think is who that's through. But I'm a big fan of the KISS principle. Keep it simple, stupid. So I think this one is just so basic in your understanding that it just makes a ton of sense. So I'm always kind of going back to it. And again, as far as like articulating the point, I think they do a really good job of kind of explaining it. So there's, so let's just talk through the four pieces because this is what we do with all of our clients. And this is our role as an advisor. First, we determine what they call a wig, which is wildly important goal. But for the rest of us, we're always just talking about like, hey, what's the one thing that we need to accomplish? It's really easy to get caught up with determining five or 10 different things that are important. But what's the one major thing that if we get it done, everything else has its way of just kind of working itself out. So that's the first thing, kind of identifying that. And then the next thing is being able to act on those measures. So they talk a lot about like lead and lag indicators, which we talk about all the time because if we're building out a forecast, we're always trying to figure out what those drivers are. Lag measures is what everybody's used to. It's the balance sheet. It's the income statement. It's that result. I think the example that they always talk about is weight loss. So you want to lose weight, you know, so you get on the scale. That's the lag measure. But what's the lead measure? You know, how much are you going to work out? What, how are you going to diet? What are you going to put in your mouth? You know, those kind of things. If I do this every single day, whenever I look at the lag measure, whenever I get on the scale, I'll lose weight. It's similar in business world. So whenever you're trying to determine, you know, what are the things that we can do that'll lead us to a good result? So it's all centered around that wildly important goal. So acting on it's the, the second piece. And then third part is putting together a scoreboard. 
And we do this with our clients. We put together dashboards. We talk about what those lead indicators are, what those drivers are, and how to report on them. More importantly, what they want you to do is they want you to figure out a way to get the players involved. So get the team, you know, the people actually driving those numbers. How are you going to get them involved? Because, you know, for I think the analogy they use, again, they kind of go into like more of a sports analogy whenever they're talking through the scoreboard. But the coach might have 10 or 15 different plays that they want to draw up and they have all these great elaborate schemes. But at the end of the day, the only thing the players need to really see is the, the actual like keeping score. And as soon as they can see as they make a basket, the score goes up, that gets them engaged. So making sure that people are on that same page with the scoreboard is huge. And then I would say the last part, which is again, our role as an advisor is that cadence of accountability. So we meet with our clients on a weekly basis and we're holding them accountable to all these different things. So making sure that we, you know, they understand, you know, what the importance of them are and how to get them done and holding people accountable to them um, is a key component of any advisory service. Yeah, I think the, the big thing that I took from that that book was oftentimes it's it's tough for us um, to develop consultants, right? Like everybody's a good accountant, everybody's good at certain steps. But I think what that book does is it helps you have those consulting conversations. Just asking that one question, what is your wildly important goal, can take you in a lot of different directions with the client, especially a new client during onboarding. You know, you're trying to get a new client and you're trying to figure out how to forecast, you're trying to figure out what they need to look at every month. Having that question can lead to an hour-long conversation that you'll always remember of, oh wow, this client is this is really important to them. So I can always come back to that point and I can always ask more questions about that to help be a consultant versus just someone who's reporting the past numbers. I'm trying to think of what can we do to make sure they hit that wildly important goal. Yeah, I think a big thing I had was the uh, lead and lag indicators. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times accountants, um, and we were at one point guilty of this as well, where we'd come in and say, yeah, uh, Mr. Client, you need to get, or Mrs. Client, you need to get, uh, your current ratio to whatever percent, 1.25, whatever that is. And they would look at you and they'd say, okay, that's cool. But when they walked away, they had really no clue what I was even talking about or even how to Im- impact that number. So, you know, that's basically the lag indicator. You know, the lead indicator is maybe getting, you know, selling X amount of widgets at this dollar amount, you know, for this period of time or, or whatever that might be, uh, trying to figure out what that lead indicator was to be able to help them achieve the goal, that ultimate goal that we need to have to present to the bank, which is that, you know, solid current ratio or that sort of thing is the, was the big thing for, I think for us is to not just talk about the end results, the the formulas and the ratios that again, they have no, no way to control it or no, no understanding what that even means, but actually dig in deep and finding out and talking, talking their language, you know, something that they do have an impact or control over. Yeah, because they talk about how the the success measure is the lag and that's easy, which is the re, you know, it's easy to measure and that's the reason why we do it. Whereas so that that measures the success whereas the the lead indicator predicts whether we'll be successful. And so yeah, if we can talk to our clients, we always dig into their their revenue, how they make money, what they're doing, figure out what really drives that non-financial usually thing that they're doing and then figure out how to bake it into the model and then we we talk to them about their team the people that are actually doing the work how can they impact that lead indicator so then the conversation turns to coaching them into coaching their team you know to make sure that if we do this every day or every week we're going to we're going to have a fun meeting at the end of the month you know what i mean or we're going to know why we missed or do we need to adjust the forecast for a new reality you know those kind of things 
Yeah, and oftentimes that wildly important goal or those in those indicators is what the company's passionate about too. So it it makes the meetings a lot more valuable to them because they're like, sweet, we're going to go and we're going to talk about something that I'm super interested in that I know is important to me versus like how many times. Ratio. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many times do we do that though? How many times do we have clients where we're like, you know, we, we look back at it or we get that valuation from the, from the client or we have that meeting with them. They're like, we spent a lot of time talking about this. And to be honest, like it just is not that important to me. I wish we spent more time talking about something else, which is, which is this wild important goal. So, yeah, always got to keep our eye on the prize and then just dig deep. So, yep. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw our email address out there real quick. Um, again, we're always trying to make this uh, show for our listeners. We want to make sure that we have um, topics that are relevant for you. So if you feel free to email us any topics you have, if you want to be a guest on the show or any questions, if you want to reach out to us, this email address is, is read by everybody on this uh, meeting. So that, that address is CPA at summitcpa.net. Again, CPA at S-U-M-M-I-T-C-P-A.net. So um, that's that's our email address. And again, we just talked about three books and we have a little bit of time left here. So I kind of wanted to talk with you guys about your reading habits. I know you guys read constantly. So I'm just curious, like how, what, what kind of tips do you have for people to, to read as much as you do? Because I do think it's really important um, as part of our, um, as part of a firm and part of being a business owner. So Jody, I'll start with you. Any tips for the listeners? Oh, geez. Um, reading is like huge. A lot of times what I'll do is uh, it, it really depends on my concentration at the moment, uh, you know, because sometimes it's, it's really easy to read things. Other times it, it takes, you know, some time. And so I vary a lot of times between reading and listening. When I hop on an airplane and I have time to read and good lighting and that sort of thing, well, then I'll probably just read. But and then if I if I don't, if I'm in the car, I'll be listening, you know, that type of thing. So I, I guess just alternating back and forth to make sure that you get it and just be consistent with it. I've read many many books many many times so it's one of those things that i've read so many books a lot of times i forget which book they were who, who the author was and then it comes back to me you know later so i mean it's just one of those things you've got to consistently consistently do it i'd say often and and choose different mediums vary it up like if you're having problems concentrating maybe you want to listen to it and read along at the same time you know you can do all you can do both at the same time and and achieve your goal but the idea is to read and, and to comprehend not just to read for read's sake otherwise you're, you're pretty much wasting your time yeah, definitely. I think one of the, on, on that front, I think one of the tips for me is I try to do a pretty good job previewing books. And so, you know, obviously we've all gone to the library and we've read the back of the cover and we've read the the first page and decided whether it's a book we want to read or not. But I think there's a lot more you can do than that. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just pop up a YouTube video. A lot of people will do a YouTube summary for five or six minutes on a book. And that will tell me whether it's a book that I should get all the details for. And I'm like, ah, eh, that book's not really relevant to what I'm doing right now. That's one way I do it. The other way is talking to people about it. You know, I'll, I'll say, hey, Adam, have you read this book? Can you tell me about what it's about? And then if he gives me a pretty good summary of it, like, oh, that's something I definitely need to get more details on. So to me, that's the key to reading is, is getting a really good preview of a book because finding out whether you're going to be into a book from the beginning is really important to me. Like I've all, everybody's read those books where they're like falling asleep while they read it and you're not getting anything out of that. But if you read a book that you can just jump right into and you're constantly reading it and you can't, you can't take your eyes off it, that, that makes you a better reader. So that to me, the preview is the important part. Adam, what about you? Any tips for our readers out there? Uh, two times speed on Audible. 
Um, <laughs> you know, that's uh, you can get through them pretty quick. And as Jody said, I don't really have a whole lot of time. Uh, airplanes are great. And a lot of times even I can get up to like two and a half speed if I'm following along, like reading. But yeah, two times audible is uh, is the way to be. But as far as like finding books, I find it most helpful. And people offer them up pretty easily is you just ask people questions. Like sometimes I'll have like a thought and I'll be like, oh, there's probably a book on that. So I'll search Audible and see if I can find out something. And I'll do it that way sometimes. And then most of the other times that I find something is I'll be talking to somebody and they'll mention something. And then I'll say, hey, hold up, what's that about? And then they'll give me that preview that you're talking about. So I'm not really, I don't go and ask people or solicit that advice. I'm usually just listening to them. And if I hear them mention a book, or you can just straight up ask them like, hey, you read anything, you know, just like a movie, you do the same thing with movies. You've seen a good movie lately. Um, you can do the same thing with a book. And so that's, uh, those are my tips. Yeah. I, I would, I would also say try writing a book that that's uh, <laughs> getting from reading to writing, yeah. talking about one of the hardest things I ever did in my life was uh, writing a book, you know, cause it's one of those things once it's in, in, in there, it's permanent. And I think you take more of an appreciation for what the author has to go through. If you've actually sat down and tried to try to write a book, Actually, I'm in my second book. My second book's actually coming out. The first one is more towards clients uh, called Digital Dollars and Cents. And the second book, uh, which is being released uh, this coming up week, is called uh, Building the Virtual CFO Firm in the Cloud. And CPA Trendlines is the uh, is publishing it for us. So that's uh, uh, book number two. I tell you, book number two is a lot easier than book number one by far. Um, by far, uh, you know, I can remember writing a chapter in a day and then taking like a month to write the next chapter. It's just really, it's really tough to be consistent. So I think in reading, I think you get, do get a lot of appreciation. In writing a book, you get a lot of appreciation because of the of the books you read for sure. I have a tough enough time finishing a medium article, like writing a medium article. <laughs> I have a hard enough time finishing an email. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate you guys um, joining. I think this is a great topic and we'll have to do it again. I know there's lots of books that we read and I think just picking three and just talking about them is, is really good for our listeners. So any um, final thoughts from either of you? Definitely read for sure. Reading helps out a lot and uh, have your team read. I mean, don't just be the only one reading, have your team read. And when you get a good book, make sure you pass it to somebody so that they can, uh, they can pick up when you left off for sure. Yeah. I think uh, your point early on was that, you know, it's impossible to have all these experiences yourself and you can share those through reading. And it's important that, you know, in terms of if you want to be a good consultant, if you, the more you read, the more experiences you'll be able to leverage and, and bring to your, uh, to your client. Awesome. Well, great show, guys, and thanks for joining. Thank you. Enjoy this episode? Visit our website at summitcpa.net to get more tips and strategies for achieving modern CPA firm success. We're here to be a resource in this ever-changing industry.